30 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome, everyone, to episode 161 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. We are, I believe, official as of today, the longest-running Anthem podcast on the internet. Now, I say that because we started out as an Anthem podcast. We've kind of branched out to talking about a lot of other things um, because we couldn't really just focus on one thing for that long. But hey, I think we have been podcasting longer then Anthem was live. Technically, Anthem is still in live service right now. Um, I don't know how much longer they'll have those servers up. I can't imagine it will be, well, they could probably leave them up for two years. There's a lot of games that still have servers running right now. I don't see why they would take them down. There's people still in there playing. You can still get Anthem through Game Pass, so there's a lot of people playing there. I don't think that there will be any updates to the game, so everything that is in Anthem now is in Anthem now. Whatever was happening then. Whatever is happening now is happening now. So what happened to then? What happened? We missed it. When? Just, <laughs> Just now. now. Anyway. So this, this is episode 161. We would like to thank chat for hanging out with us. We've got some stuff to talk about. And then we are going to deep dive into WandaVision episode 7. Because that's really what you and Mike, you and I are really into that right now. And that's kind of where we're focusing our time. And I, I think, think I think it's not just us. I think the world is into that right now, right? It, and I think you are correct. There, This show has blown up in a way on the internet that I did not expect. Um, I don't know really? what I expected. But yeah, I mean, even I think it's if I were to gauge the Internet, I think it is probably more talked about on everything that I'm seeing than the Mandalorian. Well, I I think obviously because this show is running Mandalorian is between seasons right now. I don't I don't I don't think it should be because because I would also venture to guess that that those who were watching Mandalorian are also currently watching WandaVision. Maybe. Right? Which which is to say the entire world. I, I, I would definitely say that, that this is a world phenomenon. Yeah, so I don't know if Wanda I don't know if Disney Plus is in every market, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that chances are it's 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 probably in a lot in a lot of markets. Um so Rick says he's in Malaysia right now. Oh, not Malaysia, Malays. That's a different he's in a Malays right now. That's different if you read that correctly. Um but he's re- <laughs> he's referring to the anthem topic. Um and, and that we will get to that. I think we'll just go ahead and we'll jump to that at first, and then we will jump into WandaVision and we'll do all those spoiler warnings before we get there. But before we do all that, we always want to thank all of our patrons because we appreciate them so much because our patrons are amazing so let's go ahead and thank julius nathan b michael r trent b man and still scout 69 dragonheart 76 jeffrey h the gameplay experience rz and phaedron thank you so much for being the people that you are and supporting us for as long as you have um, as we go through anthem and video games that we enjoy and all the things that we have done so we really appreciate our patrons and if you want to join them and receive 15 minutes of pre-show you can do that by going over to patreon.com slash freelancer codex and you can sign up for there the pre-show is awesome it'll you know a dollar gets you 15 minutes every time right into your podcast feed and i would say it's a pretty cool thing to do all right so pretty 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 cool yeah so let's go ahead we're gonna skip 
um, what we've been up to, and we'll do that oh, at the end. Okay. You can talk about it at the end, but let's go ahead and jump into Anthem. That's what the people are here for. Um, Rick's all the way over in Malaysia. We don't want to keep him up too late, um, so let's talk about the news. All right. I got to talk to you about something. Fun fact for the show, Mike, I could have been there when Keanu Reeves got up on stage at the Xbox event. Yeah, we know. You tell us every time. I didn't tell no, you last time. I was supposed time. to stay with you guys in the hotel room. Hotel room we thought we were going to get murdered in. It wasn't even the hotel room, well, That was the room, second right? one. That was the second one, huh? The first yeah. one was good. First hotel was good. We liked that one. There was a pool. There wasn't a pool. No, there it wasn't a pool. It had walls, though, and walls are cool. Walls are th things you need in a hotel. That's correct, you weird, weird That's person. That's not necessarily true. I mean, no, if you stayed is. in a hotel in, like, in like Bermuda, you'd, you'd, like, be okay without walls because, I mean, it's just super nice there unless you're there in, like, a tropical depression or something, in which case you might need walls. Anyway, why don't you tell us why you could have been there? <laughs> I could have been there because I got a ticket, and I was like, man, does Mike... Does Michael think when he talks? I just shouldn't say that. That's a mean thing to say, Michael. I apologize. I see I've hurt your feelings. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach you. Um I actually I don't know if I knew you had a ticket to go there. Yeah, I had a ticket. Why so didn't, we why didn't you go? I'm gonna tell you. So oh. we didn't go because we were like, hey, we're gonna talk to the Bioware people. They are going to ask for feedback on Anthem. So and that was happening right during the Microsoft press conference. So we stayed back. Well, that's when we were playing the Cataclysm, and everyone's like, Hey, play the Cataclysm, the highest uh, team here will get a prize. And we're like, We gotta do this. And I was like, I wanna go see Keanu. And they're like, No, you gotta stay. So we stayed. We did our part we were like we are going to help anthem we did our part i sacrificed seeing keanu reeves so that i could help anthem okay so news today awesome. there was a blog post um i will sum it up christian daly said that after some consideration they are no longer going to continue production with anthem next they are going to cancel that project um anthem 1.0 will remain live for a period of time we don't know how long but um, that's it, guys. That's that's it. They are no longer working on Anthem 2.0. All the pirates, everything that we saw, the updated stat page, the updated weapons, inscriptions, it's not going to happen. So this kind of a bummer, kind of sad. Um, sad when when a project kind of gets gets put on the shelf and and you know stopped because. Because we, I think it's cool that we got to meet so many people who were working on it and got to at least feel, kind of see a little bit of their passion into it. Um, sad that it was, th that it turned out the way that it did, right? Because because going into it, what is this, three, three and a half years, seeing that first trailer, we were like, yep, this is going to be a good one. Very, very much like, you know, a destiny, going to have, a, you know, great staying power. But didn't didn't turn out that way, and so it's it's super sad, but but still a, a super cool experience to be able to report on it, talk about it, play it, and meet some really cool people and have some really cool experiences centered around it. So, yeah, and Rick in the chat says I think that's why I'm so upset is because there was ongoing projects on it, um, and it is it it like it hurts to see something that you care about canceled. 
Um, ultimately, we know that it is a business and businesses are in it to make money. And I mean, this is something that we've been talking about for the last little bit that, you know, this is a possibility that it's going to happen and it sucks. I'm glad that all the developers will be moving on to Dragon Age or whatever. Hopefully, if they decide to move somewhere else, they will do so. Um, but yeah, it's it's like an end. It's like the end of an era for us anyway, because this was an Anthem podcast focused on Anthem. It is now being canceled. And yeah, like I, we've, we've had a lot of feelings on it and I've talked with a lot of people about it and we've talked many times about it on the show and just kind of our general thoughts on how we, how the game can improve. And unfortunately they're not going to be able to do that. Um, I think the biggest thing though is that I am super grateful for the community that has popped up around this game, that has popped up around the Freelancer Codex. We met a lot of awesome friends that we have come to know, people that we've, um, like Rick and Phaedron in the chat here, um, and just everyone else that we've met on Twitter, everyone else that is in our Discord, that's active in our Discord, the people that are lurking in the Discord, um like we we really appreciate everyone that has like been here on this journey um just because i think our love of video games kind of extends beyond anthem and we know that a lot of people just love to play video games and love to talk about video games and hear people talk about video games in our community and i think that's the coolest thing that came from it like i wouldn't change the people that we got to meet um, for like, Hey, if you could, if you could go back in time, would you podcast? Like, yeah, I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat because of the experiences the that we had. You yeah. Could go back in time, knowing the outcome, right? right? Yeah. Cause if you just went back in time, you would just do it the same way you did most likely, but knowing the outcome, like, yeah, we totally would do it. It was super cool. Rick in the chat says, you guys were my go-to Anthem talk. We really appreciate that, Rick. Um, we tried to be yeah, entertaining. Sure. We tried to be real, um, the entire time. Um, we never wanted to like come off as like, Hey, you know, fake or doing all that stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we really appreciate, appreciate you, Rick. Um, he says also not going to lie. This one really hurts. Phaedron in the chat says, screw you, Devin. I don't know why, <laughs> but, but, but Phaedron is upset with, uh, Devin for bailing on us. Don't worry, Phaedron. I'm upset with him too. I gotcha. But yeah, we really appreciate everyone that has stuck with us through this time. So that is that anthem um bioware thanks for the good times we wish you all the best so mike do you have anything else to say if i could like like instead of just but like again just if we could go down memory lane a little bit and reminisce because it was such a huge part of our life um we talked we talked about it a little bit but there's just the fun times and the fun things that happened um, like on our way to EA play when Devin thought he was going to die. Um, he, he thought he was going to die a lot apparently, um, because apparently I drive different than normal people or he anyway. So, so you mean, so we had that, we, we had our trips to LA, our interviews with people. Um, it was awesome to talk to Ben Irving and John Warner. Um, it was awesome to, to really see those guys and their passion and kind of, you know, what they really felt about the game and, and could really see that come through. Um, definitely something that I personally would never have experienced had it not been for Anthem, um, had it not been for for starting a show and, and talking about something. And and man, we, we speculated for a good year and a half about what we were going to get, Han. We took, 
we took seven minutes and we we turned it into into uh, I don't know probably what seventy two episodes of of a show. Um, we we got to we got to hang out with with people in L.A. and watch some baseball games. And I think one of my favorite things was the uh, the Anthem Premier League when we when we took some teams through the first stronghold and and we kind of did it tournament style and and Devin and I were were um, uh, commentating the runs. It was fun. I had a I had a really good time with Anthem. I, I genuinely had a fun time playing it. Like it wasn't terrible. Um, but then, but then, when you get kind of through the 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 first little um, burst of content, you're like, okay, where are we going next? And it just it just didn't seem like it was it was planned. It didn't seem like it was managed. But then, on top of that, you get you get a global pandemic on top of that, mixed with with all kinds of things that that kind of changed the way that that business was done. So. So I guess I get the decision. Um, like Rick says, it hurts, right? Because it's something that's been a part of your life. So um, I guess all in all, like great experience. Sad that it's over, but but definitely, definitely. Um, if I knew the outcome, going back in time, I, I probably wouldn't change it. Like Steve said, so it was good. And if you know what, and if it's good, it's good. For some reason, like I think I actually have that that voice clip that we reference all the time. And there might be a lot of people that are like, why do these guys always say, if it's good, it's good. Like there's a reason that we say it's good, it's good. So Mike's going to like vamp and I'm going to find this thing. There's a reason we call them decals. There's a reason that, that we do everything. Like we're not, we know how to pronounce words, but, but it's, it's fun grabbing these sound bites. Cause, cause sometimes we say things that, that we don't really mean to say. And like, and like we cringe when we hear him, and even though we threaten like Steve that if he doesn't delete them, we're gonna like send him all kinds of Linux and stuff that he still doesn't delete them. Um, but but it's I mean so many great interviews, so many great things. Um, uh, do you I can't here you, you this is one of our favorites. Let's see, let's play this one here. Don't do it. But gonna... What's your name, darling? Savannah. Samantha, go for it. Uh... <laughs> That's a great one, man. I love that one. Her Just, name wasn't Samantha. No, it wasn't. It said Savannah. Let's see. Phaedron says, can you play the Halleck laugh one last time? Let's see. Let's go find the Halleck laugh. I do have the Halleck laugh. Do you remember somewhere. when Halleck ate that, uh, ate that, um, oh shoot, Halleck creatures. Did, Halleck like didn't spine. do it. Yeah, it was the spine of the manticore. It was like the pus. It was the oh, venom sack of the manticore. Oh. And the freelancer actually ate that. So no, why, yeah, no, the free, the... yeah, the freelancer. Well, oh, that's right. So he ate the spine, and the freelancer ended up eating the the sack. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't eat the sack, yeah. people. Okay, just like yeah, that's weird, man. Interesting choices made there. Let's see. Hey, how close were you? How close were you to getting champion of Tarsus? Shut up, Mike. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy? Here's the Halleck laugh. Yep, that was a weird thing that actually happened. Um, I can't find the if it's a good, it's good clip. Maybe I didn't have it. Maybe we just wrote it down. So anyway, so yeah, that that's was Anthem. Before technology was our friend. We uh, we didn't have the soundboard yet. Technology still isn't our friend, unfortunately. We still go through yeah. lots of technical issues. But hey, 
strong alone, stronger together. So you know what? And and as this chapter closes, like like, thanks for stay, sticking around. Um, hopefully, you'll stay on past anthem. Um, yeah, because we got yeah, stuff yeah. to talk about, man. We're not like we just gonna stuff to talk about. We're just not gonna we're give not up. A one trick pony. We're not gonna pod fade like a bunch of people that pod fade. We're not just gonna be like, well, I guess we're done. Like screw that. <laughs> All kinds of podcasts like popped up around anthem, but who stuck around, Mike? Who did it? We did. We you stuck did. around. We did. You know why? We did. Because we woke up every Thursday, and we pushed the freaking <laughs> record button every Thursday, no matter what. And that's what we did. Well, and that's why we're here. And and we got the Susan B. Anthony at the airport. There's always the Susan B. Anthony at the airport. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about some other things, and then we're just going to dive into WandaVision, because that's going to be a pretty long thing. So first off, we have the title for the Spider-Man 3 movie. So there was a lot of confusion over the Spider-Man 3 thing because the main three actors all tweeted out something different. And everyone was like, what's it called? Um, I think Zendaya tweeted out that it was going to be called Spider-Man Home Slice because there's been home in the title of everything. First, we had Homecoming. Then we had Far From Home. But the new title is now Spider-Man No Way Home. I like <laughs> or Or is it? It should be. Rick in the chat what if, says, what if, like, Rick says right. it should be a Spider-Man Home Alone, which would actually be a really good idea. I, I can dig that idea. Nice. Spider-Man Home Alone. So that's the title for that movie. I know, you know, we can read into titles and stuff, but I'm excited for that. And the next thing that we have that I thought was pretty interesting is we actually have some Halo news. And it's not Halo Infinite. So the Halo TV series is coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. And this is the series based on hit video game franchise is switching from Showtime to Paramount. Why do you think it's switching from Showtime? They're like, oh, we don't have enough nudity for these Spartans. Let's switch to some other service. So Halo is coming to the small screen, but in a new twist. This is not the first time that Halo has come to the small screen. Um, if you remember, there was a Halo Forward Unto Dawn series that released previously. And then we also had, so there was two of them. We had one that was like at the beginning on Reach when Master Chief came down and saved a bunch of cadets on Reach. Then we had the one with Locke um, and Fire Team Osiris, and they did their thing. So Halo has kind of been um, all over the place as far as the the small screen goes. But so this, they say Halo is coming to the small screen, but in a new twist. It will head to Paramount Plus, previously announced for sister network show Showtime. Um, this article is really written really weird. So Halo developer 343 <laughs> Industries announced in 2018 that Showtime had ordered a 10-episode season based on the sci-fi shooter, with Deadline adding that production is already underway in Budapest and that the show had already filmed 55 to 60% of its first season, which is really interesting to say. It's like, why don't you just say like 60%? It's 55 to 60%. That 5% is really important for some reason. And this was all before the pandemic. So, And it halted production last um, last March. So I don't know how excited I am for like Halo to come to the small screen. I mean, I enjoy Halo. As, as weird as some of the Halo things have been, like I'm excited to see more of it. I think if someone like, you know, really cares enough to do a good job on Halo, it would make for a really, really good show. Like I imagine if they did like, I don't know who created Band of Brothers. If they did like a Band of Brothers style thing oh, for the Halo universe, 
it would be really good. So, I mean, essentially, um, it's just a war yeah, movie. That, was, that would be Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, that that guy. He hasn't done much, right? <laughs> Steven Spielberg. I didn't know he did Band of Brothers. But it'd be cool to see Halo yeah. in a different light. Um, a lot of the novels kind of make the Halo universe more military than sci-fi. They focus a lot on the guns and repeating and telling you like what make and manufacture each ship is and what each weapon is. I would like it to be a little bit more sci-fi, but it would also be cool if they like someone did a good decent like war movie around the Halo universe with the Covenant War and stuff because the Covenant War was pretty brutal. So I hope mm-hmm. that the Halo stuff will be awesome. All right, Mike, do you have any more news or shall we deep dive into WandaVision episode seven? I think uh, I think we can jump into episode seven. So if you have not checked it out yet, if you're behind or if or if you don't want to be spoiled, then please tune out now and come back to us after you have watched episode seven. The episode is titled Breaking the Fourth Wall. We're going to give everybody a chance to leave before we start talking about it because we don't want to spoil it for anybody um but at this point if you have if you're sticking around then you probably have seen it so we are going to start right now oh you didn't have the button queued up and just real quick mike before we jump into like the breakdown of the episode like where are your feelings right now as we come into the last there are only two episodes remaining we don't really know exactly how long they are. Like, are you still on board with the show? Or, like, is your interest or your excitement for the show waned at all? This episode has changed me a little bit. I was not a huge, huge fan of this episode. And we'll talk about it in some of the parts that happened. Um, I think it comes down to, for me, it comes down to... Um, far-fetched ideas or things that don't really jive with me. Um, what's the word? It starts with a C. Um, I don't know. Corn. Continuity. Continuity-wise, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it. Some of the things that the characters did didn't seem like it fit with what we knew about the characters, and we'll talk about that as we go through. But so far, um, I'm, I'm definitely still wanting to see how it ends. I, I was a little let down on this episode on its length because I think we had mentioned it last week when we were on with Phaedrin that we, not Phaedrin, with, um, with a Lupo, that, that the last three episodes were supposed to be an hour long, and this one was not. Um, but this one did have something that the other episodes didn't have, and we'll talk about that also. So it seems like everything is... It seems like everything is part of the show, even the way that the show is run is part of the show. So it's like a show within a show within a show. Um, but I'm still into it. I still like it. The characters so far are still gripping me. Um, and and I'm excited to see how this is going to end and what it ultimately opens up for the rest of the MCU and everything that is slated on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I think um, for episode eight, the rumor is that it'll have a 47-minute runtime, so it'll be 10 minutes longer than episode seven, because you're right, it did seem very short. I Mm -hmm. think that the show, 
I, I don't know what I was expecting when we first went in. Kind of just like a lighthearted, like, hey, here we go. We're, we've got more Marvel. I didn't expect the amount of deep diving Thinking. and inspection that is going on mm-hmm. with each and every episode. I mean, it really, it's not a passive show. Nope. I mean, it can be if you only want the surface stuff, but then it's just... Like, that's just not how my brain works personally. So I've got to, like, deep dive and figure out what's going on. That's just part of the watching experience that I enjoy. It does make But even me- then, Steve, you can't watch just the surface level stuff. Because if you just take it at surface level, you will be lost. It's not the same Pietro. It's Vision coming back after Infinity War. It's It's weird stuff happening at dinner parties, right? It's weird magic shows. So, like... You really can't even watch it at surface level. You you definitely need to look deeper. So do you think that there's people that just are like, I mean, there has to be a group of people that just watch the show and they're like, oh, okay. And they don't read the comics. They don't want to figure out like what the hidden meaning is. They don't look at the commercials and try and figure, I mean, there's got to be people that be people that just watch so, it passively. So, so I'm a person who watches the show who doesn't read the comics or hasn't read the comics but but I'm caught up with the MCU. So so I know at least what's going on in the MCU movie wise. Um and and again, like if I if I need to find something out, Google is is a resource where like, oh what who is this character? What what is their connection? Kind of like what do I need to know for this for this? Um but I but I definitely think that if people I think at this point, if there were casual viewers. I would assume that they've tuned out. Hmm. I don't know if they would have stuck with it. Um, because really, I think, Steve, every, it seems like every single line has three or four meanings to it or, or different ways that it can be taken and different lenses you can watch the movie, you can watch the show through. Um, so I don't think this was even, I don't think this was thought up of as a passive show when it was designed. It, it makes me wonder as we get closer to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like that show, they've been talking about it being very action heavy. Like, are we going to have the same experience or the same desire to like deep dive into every little thing in that show? And like, I kind of, I kind of still want that from a Marvel show, but also like, you know, when we look at WandaVision and it is, I mean, there's no action. Like it is very dialogue plot driven, and it seems like maybe Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier is probably going to be a little bit more action driven. So I wonder, like, from going from the trailers that I've seen, yeah, that one is definitely more your action packed. I think that one compared to this one, it would definitely be um, easier to watch passively. And I, I, and that, that makes any sense. And it kind of like gets me a little disappointed to be like, no, I want to like have things to break down instead of like, did you see him punch him in the head that one time? And then he punched him again so, in the head. Yeah. So, so I, so I definitely think it'll be more than just a shoot him up. Right. Cause it is, cause that's what we've come to expect. But, but I definitely think it's not, it's definitely not going to be as deep as WandaVision is. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into episode seven breaking the fourth wall and i this is something i tried to do more so this episode than i have in the past is really pay attention to the aspect ratios of every scene um whether it's in the hex and outside of the hex um so we'll we'll point that out as we get to some of the aspect ratio changes that we have so 
In part one, we've got Wanda in bed, and now we are kind of in the mockumentary era of like The Office, Parks and Rec, and Modern Family. So we have gone through, I mean, we kind of skipped Friends, right? We skipped Friends. We skipped... Um, Seems like it. We skipped Friends. We skipped Seinfeld. We skipped... Um, we did get the TGIF series of, of shows. Um, what, what else would have been like the popular shows? Um, all yeah, we, I think all it seems TGIF. like we skipped the reality TV stuff. Good, right? I mean, With, well, maybe. Right? Did we? Maybe. No, because rea- reality that, is TV. Is that coming next? I hope not. Like I hate reality reality television. Anyway, so Wanda wakes <laughs> up, um, and Vision's not in bed. She wakes up after. This is presumably the day after Halloween because Wanda wakes up in her costume and she immediately starts jumping in and talking with the audience in an interview style. She gives us this line. Look, we've all been there, right? (sighs) Letting our fear and anger get the best of us, intentionally expanding the borders of the false world we created. So there's a lot of interesting things that, that make you believe that one person is in control when it definitely seems like someone else is in control. Cause Wanda talks about the false world that she created, but we also know that it was already here when she got here. And that's from her talking previously, but also, I mean, Wanda obviously is not like a reliable narrator. She's just kind of telling us like her side of the story. So when the twins come to talk to her, cause they're like, Hey, their video games are freaking out. They start out by playing with the Wii and then they switch to the GameCube and then they switch to the Atari and then to Uno cards. I mean, I don't know why they just didn't throw in like the uh, N64 controller in there to kind of show like the change of time. They kind of just jumped from GameCube to Atari. They skipped a lot of generations of video games that they can could have thrown in there. But as things are changing for them, they're like, hey, mom, what's going on? Billy comes up, complains to his mom about his head hurting and it being really noisy. And I think we can assume that that's because he's hearing everyone inside of Westview. Mike, is that kind of what mm-hmm. you took that as? Yeah, a very I definitely, Professor I definitely got the sense that 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 he is a telepath, or at least has that ability from the from the Halloween episode. You know, hearing his dad, and even before that, he definitely he definitely is the twin that is more um, intuitive Magic. that way, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, um, the other one, which I can't tell them apart because they're twins, but the other one, right. He's, he's inherited Pietro's, um, not, not, what am I trying to say? He's the fast one. The other one's the telepath. There you go. Right. Yeah. So there, so there you go. So Wanda decides because of everything that she did, she's just going to stay in for the day. That's her punishment for expanding the hex. And um, things inside of the home are starting to shift. Like the aspect ratio while we're inside the house is this is full screen. I mean, depending on what size of TV you have, I guess this could be completely different. But the monitor I'm watching it on, like we are, we're full screen while we're inside the hex. Everything is changing. There's a milk carton that has a missing person on it. Um, it's the missing, it's a picture of a missing child. And this was kind of like, oh yeah, remember that thing that kind of kicked this whole thing off when Jimmy was like looking for someone that's gone missing. Like, I don't know if it's a reference to that. And this is kind of where we've, we brought all of ourselves is that we're looking for clues everywhere. And eventually you you would have to think that the showrunners would kind of expect that. So they're like, okay, if they're going to be looking for clues everywhere, 
we can do anything we want. It's we like can, we can, and we can throw stuff in anywhere, and they're gonna try to grab screen grabs and and figure out exactly what this is, right? And so now we're working harder than they were. Oh, yeah, it, it's like Phil Spencer hiding a Series S on his bookshelf, and everyone's like freaking out about it. So as things start <laughs> shifting, Monica starting not Monica, but uh, Wanda starting to lose control over everything that's happening. If it is her, and then we get the opening. Um, so this opening is very much an office style opening. A couple of things to point out, like there's a bunch of different things that spell out Wanda um, in this opening. There's one there's one screen that um, it's written out. It says, sorry, sorry, we're Wanda. Um, her name is written on a card. So I don't know if this is Wanda just like because we assume this is all her. So she's like apologizing to everyone that she's doing this in her own little way written out in. Um, letters cut out from a magazine spells out, I know what you are doing, Wanda. So it, it's a, that other thing of like, is it her? Is it someone else? Um, I mean, usually you see uh, letters or letters made out of cut out letters from magazines for like ransom letters or something from a villain. So them saying, I know what you're doing, Wanda, kind of stuck out to me. There's um, Wanda written out in red balloons. On the roof, there's a bunch of red balloons around two blue balloons, two yellow balloons. Again, this is one of those things where your mind's just like, what does it mean? It has to mean something. Exactly. It's got to mean something, right? On the calendar, Friday the 10th is circled with a heart for some reason. We don't know exactly why. And at the end, it says it's created by Wanda Maximoff. So, Mike, what happens in part two? All right. So, in part two, we jump to the temporary sword uh, base, right? So at the end of at the end of the Halloween episode, the hex starts to expand. It it traps some of Sword, and they turn into clowns because, haha, they're a bunch of clowns, and it's and a circus, are. and it's a little bit on the nose, but whatever. Um, so it jumps to a title card that says Sword Temporary Retreat, and it says that it's eight miles outside of Westview. And if we and if we assume that because they're still inside of the hex. So now we can assume that the hex is at least uh, is between 14 to 16 miles in diameter, right? So, so the center of the town is, is your point zero, eight miles out. Um, you're going to double that on both sides. And because math is what it is. So that's a pretty big hex, right? That's a pretty big area to have control over for the people inside for Wanda and, pretty big area for people outside not to have control over okay do you you think do you think it's weird that they put like a title card of like sword temporary base like i don't think we've saw that any other time during the show i I think we have i think if we go back to to it must have been episode three when monica is first introduced i think that when she goes into the sword facility it tells us that that's where it is that it's the sword facility so, so I don't think title cards are are new for the show. I, I I don't think it's a new thing. You you might have to check on that. I'll double check um, on it. It just seemed weirdly out of place. So it's like, hey, this is a temporary base, and we have to let you know it's temporary. I think maybe it's because we haven't we haven't seen too many of them, but I but I think they have been a part of the show. Um, we learned that the broadcast has ended. Yeah, and we and get that, that from Hayward, here. Do what? With the broadcast. Dead air. The signal's gone. Make sure the team has everything they need. We launched today. Yes, sir. Right, so this is definitely one of those lines that that could have 
one or two or even three meanings, right? So, so either that means Hayward is going to launch an attack on the hex because that's kind of where he was. That's kind of what he was leading to at the end of the Halloween episode, wanting to get a, a handle of things. And again, um, as Steve likes to point out, the bad writing of the director who just wants to go in guns a blazing, right? Or it could mean we're ready to launch something into space, right? We're, we're launching. So he could be talking about a second party getting ready to launch something today, right? Um, so we don't really know what it is that they're launching. We'll come to find out that, that Hayward has some nefarious plans for Vision, um, in some intercepted email, but we will, but we will figure that out and and talk about it here in a bit. Yeah, I thought the interesting um, thing here though is that you know they ask where what happened to the broadcast, and I'm like, well, why would the broadcast be shut off? But I guess since Wanda is like at home, like doing a staycation, Wanda says this as punishment for my reckless evening. I plan on taking a quarantine style staycation, a whole day just to myself. So she probably like just shut off the broadcast because she's not working, right? Well, it could also be it could also be Steve a um an actual physical reason why because because after the Halloween episode, um the hex changes. Right? No, no, that that happened with the with the drone strike. Yeah. So the hex actually gets more powerful after the drone strike, but but after the Halloween episode when the hex grows, um it changes. It's bigger. Maybe, maybe it's on a different frequency. Maybe it's, maybe it's just something that they can't pick up with their current equipment. Um, and who knows, maybe their equipment, their current equipment got damaged. Um, we know that a majority of the base was overtaken by the hex. So we have to assume that all of Darcy's original equipment is inside the hex along with Darcy. So maybe, maybe it's something Maybe it's something that is not so much that Wanda is stopping the broadcast, but that but that they can't pick it up. Well, I mean, they should be able to pick it up with any like old style technology um, because that's really all they needed. They just like, hey, here's an old TV. Well, an antenna. well, but they also needed they also needed Darcy to do it because remember, they're a bunch of clowns. I think it's um, because she's on vacation. Maybe. And that, and that's valid. Um, and so definitely a lot of questions come from this part. You know, we talked about it. What are they launching? Um what operation? Um, what is happening? After after we see the sword base, we cut now back into the hex and and Vision wakes up to meet Darcy. And also one of the things like when we're outside of the hex, we are in a letterbox aspect ratio. And when Vision wakes up, we are still in letterbox. But as he comes awake and walks back towards um, Westview, it expands to full screen, leaving you to believe that everything that happens out of the hex or out of the control of Wanda is in letterbox format. Everything inside is full screen. Um, so as he wakes up, um, the ringleader of the circus finds Vision, tells him that he's late for rehearsal with the escape artist. You're the new clown? Yeah, at least you're already in makeup. You're late for rehearsal with the escape artist. So... If we are to believe that Wanda is in control of everything that is happening here, Wanda is right now leading Vision to Darcy, to the person that can help Vision figure things out. 
which is kind of opposite to everything that has been happening previously, where Wanda is trying to keep Vision away, keep Vision like everything is copacetic. They're just hanging out. They're a family. So I don't know if this is Wanda. It doesn't seem like Wanda would want to lead Vision to answers to the person that's going to tell him everything that has happened. I don't know who would be leading Vision to Darcy, but um, just another like, okay, what is going on here? Um, well, and it could be that Vision finds her on her own, right? Finds her on his own. As the hex is growing, Vision, um, we see him kind of disintegrating, and the and Darcy can't get away from where she is. She's she's chained to a Humvee, um, and so and so physically in proximity, they're they're close to one another anyway. We've seen that Vision seems to be um, outside of Wanda's control and kind of thinks on his own. So so it might not be Vision. Um, being led there it it may just be him seeing her but i guess it is right if if the one of the cast members comes up and says this is the person you need to be with so so one of the things that was interesting that i forgot to play when the boys are asking wanda about like where their dad is wanda says have you seen your dad mm, no do you want to go look for him well if he doesn't want to be here there's nothing i can do about it so it's really weird that she says that there's nothing that she can do about vision like being gone and we know that vision has said previously that she can't control him the way that she does the others so i don't know a lot of stuff going on here that we're trying to have answers for but then when we cut back from vision and darcy they kind of hook up they're gonna say hey we gotta go do something um and then we're back at the house the boys ask well Wanda, well but, but before that right vision has to vision has to free darcy from the illusion um he frees Darcy from the illusion. Darcy begin, yeah, I know who you are. I know who I am. I'm going to be your your companion on this journey. They jump into a vehicle um, and they take off. And she ends up punching the uh, the ringmaster guy um, and they take off, right? With no regard for, for the show. Um, and they kind of take off. So Right. So then the boys ask about their uncle. Last night, Uncle P said that thing about re-killing Dad. Don't believe anything that man said. He is not your uncle. Who is he? So Wanda's kind of starting, I think, to see that, okay, this isn't normal. He, um, he shouldn't be alive. Something's going on here. And maybe just in the beginning when Pietro finally showed up, she was just kind of like, okay, this could be nice. I could have my family back. I could live in the space and everything would be fine. And it's turning out that it's just not. So Wanda is broken down telling the boys that everything is meaningless. She's kind of starting to lose it. And then who shows up in the nick of time? I think I got there in the nick of time because she was one split end away from cutting her own bangs is our the the neighbor Agnes who shows up all the time just in the nick of time. So Agnes offers to take the boys from Wanda so that they can so that um Wanda can have some alone time. The boys don't really want to go, but Wanda insists. Someone needs to be here to take care of you. Why oh, I'll be fine. Just go with Agnes. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't bite. Mm. So I wonder if I wonder if Agnes needed permission because we we've felt from the beginning that there's something off with Agnes. Almost like a vampire needs permission to cross a threshold to get into your house. Did Agnes need permission to take the boys or else could she have just taken the boys previously? Like what like what is Agnes trying to do for Wanda 
by taking the boys other than like be a good neighbor i mean like what's the <laughs> angle that's definitely a that's definitely a deep thought that um i don't think most people are thinking about it definitely i don't know i don't know why i'm gonna have to go back and look at that with that different lens on to see if because does does wanda actually give her permission yeah, or does she give the or does she give the boys permission to go? This is what she says. Play it again. So Play it again, Sam. I'll take care of you. Oh, I I'll be fine. Just go with Agnes. <laughs> I promise I won't bite. So she tells him to go with Agnes, which is kind of like giving permission for for her to take the boys, right? For her to take them. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So then they leave. Everything starts going wrong in Wanda's house. Things keep shifting. Um, they're going back in time. It's all kind of weird. So in part five, and this is this is like the big reveal of the show. So this is Monica and Jimmy are finally <laughs> driving. There's, they're, they're finally driving to meet the aerospace engineer that everyone has been talking about. Um, the big thing that as, as they're driving before they get there, um, Jimmy receives an email from Darcy about the project that Hayward's been working on. And so we get this here. Let's see, where is this? Hayward wasn't decommissioning Vision. He was trying to bring him back online. Nothing worked until... Wanda stole Vision's body. That's why he was so focused on tracking Vision inside the hex. Hayward wants his sentient weapon back. So this is the exact email. Um, I was able to take a screen grab of it. This is the exact email that Jimmy receives from Darcy. Hey, Jimmy. I made it through the firewall. There are dozens of R&D reports all on the same project, codenamed Cataract. I found schematics of Vision's body. Hayward wasn't decommissioning Vision. He was trying to bring him back online, and he was using sword resources to do it. He tried over and over, but nothing worked until Wanda stole Vision's body. This is a decoy communique he sent to Vision's office, Darcy. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking like, okay, so... Why would the director of S.W.O.R.D. want to bring back Vision? We've talked about Vision's will saying he does not want to be brought back to be a weapon, correct? So I think, okay, that's something that um, he doesn't want to happen. The director of S.W.O.R.D., if the director of S.W.O.R.D. feels like there is a galactic threat that the people of Earth are not able to combat, that director would probably say to themselves, it's for the good of the world. I need to take this super powerful being because Vision is one of the most powerful Avengers um, with the Soul Stone. We know that with the Mind Stone, he was able, he was very powerful. So you would want that asset in order to defend against a galactic threat, which Sword is supposed to be um, defending Earth from. So I guess you can kind of like make that leap to like, okay, this is why Hayward is bringing Vision back because Vision is super powerful and we need super powerful people with Iron Man gone, with Captain Marvel there. We don't know what she is doing at the time. We know Thor is left. Um, we know Hulk is doing something. So it probably needs like, okay, we need Vision to help combat the threat of the scroll or whatever else is happening. Okay. Um, it's just weird that in the, the way that the email is written, like at the very end, it says this is a decoy communique he sent to Vision's office. I'm not entirely sure yeah, what why that, would that line. Why would that line make it? I'm not sure. Like I'm not. I don't know what it means. Like to Vision's office inside of Westview, because 
we know that there was a email that they received previously that everyone at Vision's office started repeating, but it wasn't this one. That email was about the Maximoff anomaly. So mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what this means. This is a decoy communique he sent to Vision's office. So so if this is a decoy, then then there's something in here that is like a mirrored truth, right? So so we can assume that that Darcy did make it through the firewall and we can assume that there are dozens of reports on the same project. So so maybe the decoy in this was that was that he actually ended up reviving vision maybe that's the decoy no so maybe hayward actually did something to get him back. well but but something in there has to be a decoy right i don't, I don't think so that's why this line kind of sticks out to me because this if this is darcy writing to jimmy this is a decoy communicate he sent to vision's office like who sent what to vision's office and why would they send it to vision's office like i don't under- exactly understand what this line means or what it's there for because it just seems very out of place, out of context. Because mm-hmm. uh, then you start playing the pronoun game a little bit, right? We assume that he means Hayward, but... But why would Hayward could, send anything to Vision's send office? Deco- send, yeah, why would he send a decoy anyway? And we haven't um, seen that, so... Probably going to have to revisit that in a second. Or maybe not in a second, but that'll come back to... We'll have to see where that turns into the rest of the season. All right, so now the big reveal we've all been waiting for. So... Monica and Jimmy are going to finally meet the aerospace engineer that everyone has been speculating about. We all thought it was going to be Reed Richards, played by John Krasinski. We're going to bring in the Fantastic Four. We thought it could have been another aerospace engineer. Turns out it is Major Goodner, who is a major in the Air Force, who is also an aerospace engineer. We're not sure if she is the engineer herself, or if she just had access to this cool rover. But so far, this is the first appearance of Major Goodner in the MCU. Um, no one else inside. No, There's no other Major Goodner in the comics. One internet theory that I would like to point out, because I thought it was interesting, um, is that this Air Force Major could, in fact, be the daughter of Ta- Talos, the um, young scroll that Monica Rambeau met and Captain Marvel. So there is a line that there is a line that she says um, that they can kind of maybe not confirm but but not deny that either. Um, Monica thanks the major for coming and being loyal to her mother and the and the major says that she isn't the only one we are loyal to, right? And and I think there's some emphasis on we. I think you have that, Steve. You can play it. Major Goodner, Captain Rambo. Nope, that's Thank not it. Thank you so much for coming. My mother would appreciate your loyalty. She's not the only one we're loyal to, Captain. So this is. So I, so I think it's. I think. I think you can read a little bit more into that, especially, especially kind of putting that theory in your head. She's not the only one we're loyal to, right? So you can either take that to mean that, that she's loyal to Monica also, but but maybe they're also loyal to someone outside. Who could be? Who could? Um, who who they're offering their services to in order to protect? Maybe. Um, and so th- there's again three, four meanings into everything that that we hear in the show. I mean, like if yeah, and I guess I'm I'm not sure if like knowing that 
this person could potentially be a scroll, or if it's just a new character that they're introducing. If it is a new character they're introducing, we would have to think that this Air Force um, Major and Monica had some missions that they did in the past because they seem very friendly, especially if she has her, you know, in her cell phone contacts to just like, hey, can you break protocol? Can, can you bring me this super expensive um, space rover? Because it's a space rover that they have. So it's not, you don't just have those lying around, but also it's interesting because the space rover does have um, sh um, sword iconography all over it, so you we would we would assume that they stole it from Sword, right? Because Major Goodner is from the Air Force, not from Sword, so we have to make well, the assumption at, that she that she stole it. And and at this point, at this point, Monica and Jimmy and Darcy are on the outs with Sword, right? They're they're now Group B trying to get into the hex and so in order in order for a a labeled sword ship to get there it definitely would have had to have been lifted nefariously right yeah so um and this yeah. is the part that steven loved the most like of all the reveals like when that rover rolled out of its storage unit just amazingly with gear strapped down and and everything on it steve absolutely loved it so steve tell us about the rover <laughs> i hate everything about the rover like i i guess i don't know what i'm supposed to expect right the rover looks lame it's just a lame looking rover <laughs> right let, let me tell you what we were supposed to expect in in the episode previous monica says i need a ship with with this kind of plating on it I need it with these kind of wheels and and what rolled out of that is not what what she described. No, it's not what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting just a lame rover. However, though, thinking about this rover, this rover has likely been on different planets other than just Earth because it was in the service of sword and it is a space rover. So where else could it have been? I mean, do we have teleportation technology that we could have gotten somewhere super quick with this rover to where they're like exploring well, different but planets? Which, which I guess would still be would be cool, but but how does that make it like? How does it make it like that cool? Like it doesn't. Mars, it's, it's a lame Mars rover. and the lunar rovers weren't made out of anything that wasn't still used on Earth, right? Because they were made on Earth, so yeah. we, they were made with Earth materials. Well, she mentioned Earth materials when she was talking about what she needed. But anyway, this rover is super lame. All right, so part six back at the circus. So we go back and Vision wakes up Darcy and the two escape the circus. Then we go back to Wanda. More and more of her house starts to go crazy. She doesn't know what's going on. It's all falling apart. Then she has a moment with the camera, wondering why she can't fix it. And the interviewer behind the camera breaks... Um, breaks protocol the four breaks the fourth wall as it were yeah i don't understand what's happening why it's why it's all falling apart and why i can't fix it do you think maybe this is what you deserve what you're not supposed to talk so creepy stuff happening over at the Maximoff household. Um, kind of unsettles Wanda. So Wanda's kind of freaking out. All right. Then we get our commercials. We get the Nexus commercial. What did I record for the Nexus commercial? Let's find out. Feeling depressed. Like the world goes on without you. Do you just want to be left alone? Ask your doctor about Nexus. A unique antidepressant that works to anchor you back to your reality or the reality of your choice. 
Side effects include feeling your feelings, confronting your truth, seizing your destiny, and possibly more depression. You should not take Nexus unless your doctor has cleared you to move on with your life. Nexus. Because the world doesn't revolve around you. Or does it? So as we talk about the Nexus, this is what I pulled off of the Marvel Wiki. The Marvel Wiki has been my best friend as I have gone to it to answer lots of questions that I've had about this show. So it says the Nexus is a cross-dimensional gateway which provides a pathway to any and all possible realities. This includes realities between realities. It is unknown whether it was created by some being or just if it's the one place in the entire multiverse where all realities naturally intersect. Now, in the Marvel Universe, there are also Nexus beings who embody um, this phenomenon. Um, there's a lot of things about Scarlet Witch where they say that she is, is a Nexus being, depending on which continuity you follow. But the Nexus is kind of where everything comes together. We know that in the future we'll have a movie from Doctor Strange about the multiverse. If Wanda is a Nexus being... And she is kind of our hinge point on everything that's going to happen with the multiverse. I mean, we talked about Spider-Man um, Far From Home or Far From Home. Yeah, Far From Home. Is that what it was called? Yeah. So, um, the, the next one? Yeah. No, no Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home. So if no we, it, I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about that maybe being about multidimensional stuff. And if Wanda is kind of like the lynch, the, not the linchpin or the the hinge for the hinge every pin. everything that's happening with the Nexus that will possibly come into play. Um, so yeah, take your Nexus pills and it'll help you feel your feelings. All right. So part seven, we go back to Agnes's house. So Agnes is sitting with the twins, hanging out. Billy tells and Agnes, "There's a rabbit. There's a rabbit. I think that's important. We'll talk about the rabbit." Billy tells okay. Agnes she is quiet on the inside, and it kind of freaks her out. It's because it's quiet. You're quiet, Agnes, on the inside. Now it's possible that um, Agnes is just creeped out by kids, so because some kids are creepy, but um, Billy is unable to read her thoughts, and it's very possible that she is just blocking him out. And she's kind of like weirded out that he's like already at this level of power as a young child that he is able to like discern that. But it it kind of freaks her out. And I'm not sure exactly like how we're supposed to take that. Like, is are we supposed to be like so So I think at this point, like we we don't know what what the big reveal is of the episode, right? So it so it could just be misdirection for us as the audience. Because we don't we don't know what's going to happen in the next two or three minutes, so it so it could just be that Agnes playing a part. Um, because we'll come to find out that that that's what she's been doing the entire time, um, or it could be that she she really is just quiet inside, right? That she's gotten to a point where she where she is in enough control of herself that she doesn't let that out. It is very possible. So as we go to part eight, we are back outside the hex. We are in letterbox. And the mystery gang is ready to drive the mystery van into the hex. So as Monica approaches the rover, um, as she approaches the hex in the rover, the hex starts to push back and it starts fighting against her. Monica throws the top hatch off of the rover if it's nothing. Um, I think this is significant. Mike thinks to think otherwise because Monica, when she starts to escape because the rover is starting to disintegrate, she opens that top hatch and just launches that thing off of its hinges. Like that door, she just yeets the door out of Westview. So 
so so again in in the physical world right like like that can't really happen um i think my theory is because this is a space rover um and because of the way that all space rovers have acted in the past that that when doors are sealed they're sealed and in order for them to get off they actually pop off right so you can you can look at all at all footage of our space vehicles and that's how the doors come off they're not hinged they pop off after they're sealed that right? only happens when you're in a vacuum though um i what so the door like, is popping off no i think no. i think it's by design i, I don't think because steven and i differ on this um because of where we're gonna get to next at this point i think monica is still quote unquote a human she's been through the hex a couple times one of the lines we get from darcy is that the hex has rewritten her cells on a molecular level twice um, and and we're gonna come to find out that in a in a very in a way that I don't like as a storytelling device is supposed to be the way that gets her through the hex on her own, even though her super high tech ship vehicle couldn't get her through. Um, I I dislike this part in this in this episode. But we're supposed to take from that 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 her cellular molecular level has been changed enough to where she can just push her way through the yeah. uh, the super strong barrier. Yeah. So I already think she is already part superhero, and that's why she can throw it off. But the thing gets thrown out. She escapes out of the out of the out of the vehicle before it gets turned into half of a truck. And then she says, as she stands up, she looks back at Jimmy. They have that moment in every show where someone says, no, don't do the thing you think you're going to do. And then they go do the thing. So Monica says, no, no, I can get through. So she goes and she pushes through the hex. Um, so Monica starts to cross. But it's so, oh, it's so, there's nothing in that sequence that we just saw should should even convince her that she can get through now maybe if if part of her foot was sucked through and she was able to pull it back when the when the rover was getting pulled through that may have made it more believable but but she got out of the ship she didn't touch the barrier at all and just all of a sudden knows that she can get through see that bugs me i i think also there might be a reason why she was pulled through and we can get to that later um, not because she did it herself, but because someone needed her to be in there. So, and as Monica starts to cross the hex and she, uh, hears several voices from her past, I tried to capture audio of this, but the hex is really loud and I, it was really hard to isolate the, the voices. So she hears her mom. Her mom says, no, I can't. I can't leave Monica. And young Monica says, mommy, it's okay. I can stay with grandma and pop pop. And her mom says, there's no way I'm going. It's too dangerous. Young Monica says, mom, maybe I can fly up and meet you halfway. Um, Director Furies alt says, only if you learn to glow like your Aunt Carol, which is a line from the Captain Marvel movie. Um, her mom says, and you were the most powerful, and you were the most powerful person I knew. Then Dr. Harley that we heard earlier in the beginning of this series um, says, your mom, she died. Um, Jimmy Woo says she was truly an inspiration. I'm sorry. And then Carol's voice finally comes through and says, your mom's lucky. When they were handing out kids, they gave her the toughest one. So these are the voices that she is hearing as she is pushing her way through the hex. In the hex, we see several different versions of Monica in different 
clothing that we've seen in this um, show. There's like four or five different versions of her as she's pushing through. Um, some of them determined, some of them like in pain. And this is just kind of like her pushing through the hex. The hex is a very long, is very long traversal for her at this period. Um, and as she passes, she finally passes, passes through, it looks like a window starts to open up and she pops through on the other side. And as she does this, she is actually seeing in a different spectrum now. She is able to see energy. She's seeing like uh, magnetic waves or electronic waves um, emanating from telephone poles around certain objects. She's seeing in a different um, perspective. And as, and as we go from during all of this, we are in our letterbox aspect ratio. And as she falls down on the ground, drops her helmet and runs into Westview, we go back to full screen. So that aspect ratio changes as we cross from outside the hex and into the hex. And for all you Stormlight fans, Monica's eyes turn blue and they fade away. So she's now light eyes. Um, as we talk about Monica, and this is kind of her like gaining her powers. Like we can have a conversation, I guess, on like what we've, felt about this like if it be it kind of was a weird scene like this is the third time she's gone through and maybe just because we know that she'll probably be in the next captain marvel movie and do more stuff there again i go back to this thought that it's just it's so weird that these two different shows are happening on the same show and it just seems really disconnected. Everything that's happening outside of the hex, like even to Monica coming through, Monica is determined to get to Wanda because she knows how Wanda's feeling. She doesn't want Hayward to like blow everything up. She believes she can stop everything that's happening by getting to Wanda. Um, like that's her story arc right now. That is the thing that drove her to gain superpowers is that she needs to get to Wanda so that she can successfully stop the hex and everything that is happening on the inside, right? It just seemed real anticlimactic to me that this is how she got her powers. And I know we've had people get powers in other lame ways. Like, um, shoot, Daredevil got his powers from toxic waste. They got sprayed into his eyeballs. Peter got bit by a spider. Um, the Fantastic Four getting theirs. They got hit by cosmic waves. So this isn't like out of the ordinary, like, okay, she went through this energy field and she got powers. Bruce Banner, you know, got zapped by gamma radiation and got, you know, turned into the Hulk. But, um, but yeah, so she can see in a different spectrum and now she's going to go in and she's going to save Wanda. Okay. So, so one of the things that we've talked about, Steve, since you, since you kind of opened this door and the anticlimactic part of it, it, it for me, cause you and I have had a conversation about about captain marvel before and kind of and kind of the the arc of that character and how one of the things that we've come to realize and come to find out is that is that as far as as far as that movie goes it doesn't seem like captain marvel really earned her status right she was so overpowered at the beginning and and throughout that that there was never like an actual threat, like some of the other characters who have gained powers have had to go through. 
And and I kind of feel the same way with Monica. And, and I, I don't... If she got through the barrier, that's fine. I can live with that. But But so far, even in this episode... I haven't really seen anything to lead me to believe that she needs powers at this point. It it seems like she has powers, but 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 her character didn't need it to be able to do what she did in the remainder of the episode. Maybe that'll change. Maybe she'll she'll have to do battle with someone. Maybe maybe she'll end up having to battle Agnes, but. No, I, th- I think I, I think you put voice to something that I was like struggling to articulate because you're right. Like, there's not a threat other than Wanda that we would need another super powered person to solve, and we already have two super powered people inside the hex with Wanda and Vision. So it is kind of weird that we're adding Monica as a super powered person, and and we'll kind of cover her power set that we know of from the comics because right right now we don't know how powerful Monica is. Like, she hasn't mm-hmm. shown us any reason to believe that. Well, there's one instance where she shows, I guess we can just get into that. Because from this point on, um, we we cut over to Vision and Darcy for a little bit. They're driving to Vision's house. Darcy explains the events of Avengers Infinity War. Um, Vision has a great fourth wall moment where he's talking to the camera and has a, and has a very much, I definitely got um. Um, Incredibles vibes when Mr. Incredibles playing with a microphone on his lapel, right? I don't know if you made that connection or not, Yeah. but, but vision is having this dialogue. Why doesn't Wanda want me to see her? And he kind of realizes, no, I, I need to be with Wanda right now. I don't need to talk to you. And he just flies away yeah. and he ends up leaving Darcy in the van, right? Yeah. Darcy, so, Darcy explains everything that happened in infinity war to him. Wanda killed me. Yes, but it's not that simple. You asked her to do it. Why would I have done that? To save the universe? Well, half of it. Did it work? It did. Until the bad guy rewound time and killed himself. There are a few extra steps, but to set up the context. I came back and died again. And she had to watch. Yeah, so that, and then Vision pieces out. He's like, I got to get home. And then Monica confronts Wanda. She doesn't even knock. She just goes right inside the house. What are you doing? Wanda, how did you get in here? Listen to me. This whole thing is about vision. Get out of my house. Hayward was trying to bring him. Don't talk to me about that. I don't want to hear about it. The drones, the missiles, Pietro. Pietro, no, 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 that wasn't us. All you do is lie. So I thought I thought it was interesting that Wanda asked, how'd you get in here? Probably referring to the hex, not necessarily inside of her house. And Wanda's kind of like freaking out. She kind of like has a little bouts of like, I don't I wouldn't call it mania the way she talks, but she says this line oddly. So she's getting she's getting pretty upset about everything that's happening. And Wanda seems like she's going to... So she picks up Monica, and she goes to throw her down. And Monica, this is the first time she kind of shows off her powers. I would say second time, because I think she threw that hatch off, where she kind of does her very first superhero three-point land, not 20 seconds after gaining powers. She does the very first superhero three-point land. And usually you think the superhero three-point land, you kind of have to build up to that, but she gets it right away. So good on her. And then, um, yeah, we get this. Yeah. Cece, that's where you and Hayward differ. 
he's gonna burn Westview to the ground just to get what he wants. Don't let him make you the villain. Again, this is this whole like, let's read into every single line when Monica's like, he's making you the villain of the show. Don't let him do that. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like maybe Hayward is more of a villain than we give him credit for just because he's completely useless and hasn't done anything right this entire seven episodes and he's just kind of outside. And well, but again, we don't know what he's planning, right? Going back to the whole launch thing. What is being launched? Is he bringing, is, is he even, is he even human? I think, I think that's one of the things that you kind of have to keep in mind is that with the characters that have been introduced so far in WandaVision, many of them have connections to the shape-shifting scroll, right? So, which which again, if if that does end up, if they do end up being characters here, I think ultimately it's going to be a letdown for me um, because I, I, I think I just, I need a little bit of consistency in the storytelling, right? You can't just shoehorn, oh, th- this really wasn't a person, this really wasn't uh, a human from the beginning it was someone doing this i'm like eh, that's so for me that's cheap storytelling to kind of to kind of change things after the fact without even alluding to it and i and i will talk about that again once we find out the reveal from this episode because because i don't think it was done the best way and i have theories on it so all right keep going so here's my theory about how monica got through the hex the third time um Agnes looks out the window and sees Monica and Wanda talking. And they're like, all right, I got to go save Wanda. So it is very possible that Agnes orchestrated Monica coming through the third time in order to have a villain inside of the hex for Wanda to hate and to bring Wanda over to her side. So Agnes brings in Monica in order to create a rift and bring Wanda over to Agnes's side, and then Agnes says this. Wanda, Young you lady. have to... I think you overstayed your welcome. Poor Wanda's been through enough. This doesn't concern you. Wanda, run along, dear. Wanda, you have to take it down. No. Don't make me hurt you. All right, so, and then Agnes and Wanda go over to Agnes's house, and Monica's kind of left standing there with a bunch of um, other people that are just kind of like, all right, back to work. So really quick, let's talk. I wanted to go over, like, Monica's powers from the comics. She's Photon, um, Captain Marvel many times, and she kind of has an interesting history. So her origins... um, Monica was a lieutenant in the New Orleans Harbor Patrol. Fate came upon her one day when she gained superpowers after being bombarded by extra-dimensional energy produced by an energy disruptor weapon created by criminal scientists. So that's how she got her powers there. She got her powers here by going through the hex. She was originally given the name Captain Marvel by the media. Not long afterwards, she visited New York, hoping to help it to get control, help getting control of her powers. She met a young Peter Parker that thought she was bad. She later became Captain Marvel. She joined and served in the Avengers. Um, She did that for a really long time. And then she left because of injuries. And then another person came in and took the name Captain Marvel from her. She was kind of like, why are you taking the name Captain Marvel from me? But she gave it up to this other person. So she chose her name of Photon, went and did a bunch of stuff. Then that same person that took her name of Captain Marvel, she realized 
found out that they were also using the name Photon, so she changed her name from Photon to uh, something else, which was kind of weird. Like, I don't understand why everyone's, like, trying to take her name. It seems a very odd thing to do, but comic books are weird. So (laughs) power-wise, she's super powerful. Um, She can change her appearance. Um, She can fly. She has superhuman speed. She has intangibility, so you can't punch her. She can go invisible. She can duplicate energy. She can absorb energy. She has energy blasts. She has hypercosmic awareness, which um, means that she can take on hard light semblance to resemble the human form. Um, she can do a bunch of weird stuff, and she has a photo me- photographic memory. It also says that she can control different energy waves. She can control gamma radiation, X-rays, ultraviolet radiation, the visible light, electricity, infrared radiation, microwaves, and radio waves, which makes her, in my mind, one of the most powerful people because if you can control X-rays, you can murder people really easily. Like, (laughs) You've thought about this a lot. And they won't even know it. I mean, as far as power sets go, I don't know if there's anything that she can't defeat going through that, right? She she could have snapped her fingers without an Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos, Thanos would have been no more. And I think that's going to ultimately come back to, to create another... It's, it, I, I, this power set is, is way too overpowered. There's, there's nothing that she should, that should ever defeat her or come close and that's boring. She she's pretty so, powerful on paper. So hopefully that's changed somewhere because because man that's that's a ton of stuff going on. Yeah. I do want to go back real quick Steve though and and talk about a theory that that I talked about while talking to someone at work. Um so we were talking about Agnes's rabbit. Um if you go back and watch the show again it seems like Agnes talks to the postman quite often. And, and in each of the scenes, there's, there's something on his person that, that could lead you to believe that he's a rabbit. What? If that makes any sense. Yeah. So, so, so in, in this episode, after, after Agnes and Wanda leave the front yard, the the guy who's pushing the the dolly full of boxes he has on his his jacket his shirt says presto delivery so so definitely go back and look at that and kind of see what else happens when when she's seen talking to the postman i think there's something i think there's something there cuz the rabbit definitely does it means something right cuz there's a reason there's a rabbit in her house um and then where's her husband right is is the rabbit her husband? So anyway, <laughs> is the so rabbit after, her husband? well, but because because after this, after the scene where Agnes takes um takes uh, Wanda back to the house, they get to the house and Wanda notices that that the kids aren't around, but there's plates of food on the di- on the on the coffee table, there's a kids program playing on TV, the tone takes a really weird tone. Um, and and there's a rabbit in a cage on an end table, and there's a massive cicada on the drapes, right? And you can hear that cicada after you first see it. It turns up a few more times. Um, Wanda asks Agnes, "Where are the kids?" And uh, and Wanda and Agnes says, "They're in the basement." Where are the twins? Oh, they're probably just playing in the basement. 
as so when you first hear that line when you first hear that line it's a throwaway line right because because yeah they're in the basement they're playing but but after after you figure out what's going on then that line takes on new meaning right so wanda goes to the basement but before you go to the basement like things you never want your kids to say yeah we went and played in the basement at the neighbor's house so i'm gonna go ahead and give you my theory on the rabbit um when wanda walks past the rabbit this is audio that i really had to isolate it might not come across all that well but i'll play it a couple times but i'm gonna play this sound that when Wanda walks across the rabbit's cage, we focus on the rabbit's cage and we hear this. Tell me what you hear, Michael. Did you hear that? Do it again. I will play it again. And I want you to think, put this in your mind. And maybe- No, you no, write, you, okay, can't, okay, you can't okay, say okay. it. You All can't right. say All it right, or else I'll hear it. Sorry, I'm not hearing anything other than rabbit sounds and, and footsteps. Okay, I'm going to say this, and then I'll play it again, and tell me if it's one of those things where now that I've mentioned it, your brain's going to hear it. Think of a cat purring. Okay, so I did hear that before. I, I did hear that before um, before you played it, and again, I, th- I thought it was just rabbit sounds. Okay, so I will tell you, like, let's go ahead and jump into the big reveal, and then I'll tell you my rabbit theory. Um, Okay. As we go down into the basement, things start to change. When Wanda... things start to unravel. Things start to unravel. We go down into the basement. We see a lot of dead limbs growing across this weird-looking chamber. When Wanda gets down to the very bottom of the staircase, she walks forward through the threshold into a chamber. Our aspect ratio changes from full screen to letterbox which tells me and that this is not a regular basement no not right? a regular basement she opens up into a dungeon and inside this dungeon monica i keep getting wanda and monica confused wanda sees a bunch of old artifacts a um an armoire full of bones big giant skeleton in the back this creepy looking book that's glowing and then agatha or Agnes shows up and reveals herself to be... The name's Agatha Harkness. Lovely to finally meet you, dear. Agatha Harkness. Agatha Harkness is someone that we have been speculating Agnes was from a long time ago. This was a very popular internet theory. Um, The big thing that tipped everyone off was really her medallion that she wore a lot of the time. That was kind of like iconic to the character. So Agatha Harkness is a witch. She has been around in the Marvel um, comics for a really long time. She has gone through and she was a mentor to Wanda at one point. Um, But yeah, we learned that Agnes is now Agatha Harkness, the witch. And she has purple glowy powers. And we get a song that it was Agnes the whole time. I should have recorded the whole song. For some reason, I didn't record the whole song, but it's a catchy song. And it goes through saying that, hey, Agnes was the one that um, was manipulating Herb when he was cutting into the stone wall, manipulating Pietro when she sh- when he showed up, um, doing a lot of things behind the scenes to keep Wanda in this sense of like, she's in control everything's going good one of the things that um agatha says in her song 
She says, And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> All right, so she killed Sparky. And now, one of the big things that Agatha Harkness is known for as a witch, she has this plant. And this is actually a plant that she gifted to Wanda as a wedding gift when she married Vision. If the leaf of this plant is consumed twice, um, once in life and then the second time in death, they will be able to see the future. When Sparky dies, Agatha says that he ate all my azaleas. And then we now know that she killed Sparky. It is very possible because this is something that has happened in the books. It wasn't with um, Sparky. It was actually with her cat. But it's possible that this plant was actually her azaleas. This dog came and ate the azaleas. She killed the dog. She cut the azaleas out of the dog's stomach. She ate the um, twice ingested this leaf. And now she was able to see the future. And that was one of the things that happened in this series. It happened in the comic book. Is this a, is this a kid's comic book? <laughs> Not a kid's comic book. I like the Marvel comics, most of them are not for kids, the things that happen in them. But this is something that actually happened in the comic book, something that I am speculating that actually happened here now. And she is going to be able to access like some future vision. And that was one of the reasons that she wanted all of this to happen. Um, now let's go ahead and talk about the quick rabbit theory. Agnes, Agatha, I keep Agnes, Agatha, Agatha Harkness has a cat that turns into she has a black cat turns into a big giant cat whenever she needs to in the comics she had the cat eat the thing then she killed the cat then she ate it that was one of the ways that she saw that the vision was going to end up destroying the world she had that vision um a lot of people are speculating that the rabbit is really the cat in disguise we know that people are able to change the way that they appear inside of this hex so that's why we got the rabbit purring inside of the cage because the rabbit is actually her cat and it's just being hidden from everyone else so don't rabbits make that sound anyway though rabbits purr i've never heard a rabbit purr like have a you cat. heard a rabbit make any noise i guess have I you ever heard a rabbit not purr though i Guess I haven't heard a rabbit not per what? I, I think that's just the sound a rabbit makes. I don't think that's the sound a rabbit makes. That sounds like the sound a was, cat makes. I don't think it was purring. I so, don't think it was purring. Um, it sounds like it's purring. Yeah, that's a cat purring. How about no, we go I think you're, I do think rabbits? That's one of those. Let's see. That's one of those Jarl and Lanny things that you know you you hear what you. Anyway, you purring, hear what you want to purring hear. Purring for a rabbit well, is a lot like purring for a cat, and they both mean happy and content. However, cat purring using their throats while rabbits make the sound by lightly rubbing their teeth together. Yeah, that's not the same thing. I think that's a cat. Try it. Take a sound bite. Grab a sound bite of a rabbit purring. <sighs> rabbit. You don't have to do it right now. I'm, I'm just saying. It right I'm now. just saying. When else are we going to do it? If not now, when? Rabbit purring sound. If not us, then who's going to do it, Mike? All right. Whoa! That's not a rabbit purring. No, this is Motorola trying to sell me stuff. All right, here's a rabbit purring. I think. Yeah, that's not the same. That's definitely a cat. Uh, uh, Wanda, uh, there, that rabbit's a cat. All right. So as we go into the big thing down inside of this basement, 
is that Agatha reveals herself. We see a book that is glowing with weird green energy. Speculation on the internet that this appears to be the Darkhold. The Darkhold is a book, and there's a little, there's a lot of stuff on the Darkhold. I'll give a quick rundown. So eons ago, the evil elder god known as Cthon, Cthun, Cthun is from um, Hearthstone. Ch- That'd Ch- be like Chathon. 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 Yo, Ch- yo, Chathon. Get down here, Chathon. <laughs> so wrote all of his evil works and spells on indestructible parchment. That's what we needed to make that rover out of. Originally written on flesh, ooh, before being transcribed to stone and later on a collection of parchments often referred to as the Chathon Scrolls, the pages were later bound together in a tome of the Codex type, Freelancer Codex shout out, named The Darkhold. <laughs> and also the Shiatra Book of the Damned or the Book of Sin it has served as the source of other such books of spells as the Necronomicon. Cathan left these scrolls on Earth so that they might always serve as a conduit to the Earth realm for Cathan's influence of power. It has a lot of history in the Marvel comics. Um, known spells in this book include accessing Limbo, which you know is a video game that we all like on Xbox Live. Everyone can get it on Game Pass. The origins of lycanthropy, which can turn you into a werewolf. Conjuring Dark Force, controlling the will of others, which is something that we are seeing in this show. Summoning yep, Cthon, summoning Cthon and other malevolent elder gods, which would be bad. Um, but also a lot of speculation on with Mephisto, um, and then siphoning psionic energy to empower a target, which could be something that is happening or the origins of vampirism. So a lot of things can happen. We could have werewolves. We could have vampires going on in here. We can have, we could have werewolf vampires that man. Imagine if twilight had werewolf vampires. <laughs> All right. So what we think our big bad has been revealed. However, a lot of times in the comics, Agatha Harkness is not a bad person does bad things, but not really a bad guy. So, so this for me, Steve, was actually one of those things that I'm like, really? Like, like I, I think one of the things one of the things that, that I love so much about like the Oceans movies is like you get to see these far-fetched things and the way that the heist played out, but you get to see the setup of it and you understand it. Even the ones like the Susan B. Anthony's that kind of take a while, you're still like, oh, okay, I see how that all worked out. I see how they were able to get the egg in 12, um, even though it kind of took us back. It still showed us that thing. In this, for me, it was really cheap. That, you know, so so I'm going to take you to the scene where Wanda envisioned, this is probably episode two, where they're doing the magic show, right? We saw shots of the crowd, and I'm pretty sure Agnes wasn't in the shots of the crowd. But then when we go to the flashback, there she is, wheeling and dealing right same thing she's on the lawn as pietro first approaches the house and so for me it was just kind of shoehorned in and just kind of oh look there it is she was there all the time the whole time you guys just missed it because you're dumb haha like like that for me is is poor writing like like the director is poor writing for you i definitely think it could have been done better I think though you you have to remember that because we're inside the hex, we're still yeah, and we're I know, still but like still, I'm this, like, like eh. no, I th- I think it because we are inside the hex. You have to remember that it is still a TV show and it's being presented like they would in a TV show, 
because I'm pretty sure she was there, but you're right. Like her showing that, hey, I did all these things during the magic show. We already knew it was Wanda doing all those things in the magic show. But um but I but I understand why you would think, but I like I told you like from the beginning, it's got she's Agnes Agatha Harkness. I can't say Agatha without saying Agnes for some reason now. But um you could say Agnes. That's what we can that's what she can go by. It's so so yeah, for me regardless of who she is regardless of who she turns out to be i think that that reveal was was just done poorly kind of like the reveal that you had when when the director was going to ultimately shoot um um uh shoot i just lost her name wanda with a missile you're like what why how what poor writing so so that's what i'm going to attribute it to i did not like that I understand, and I will let you have that point because you know what? If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. However, you're so a wrong. couple things we get from this then, okay. right? Yeah. So like, we don't see the twins anymore. The nope. twins are gone. Yep. Cut to black. Credits start rolling, and then this is the first episode that has had an end credit scene. Okay, we see Monica kind of snooping and this is where i said the cicada was going to come back because you hear the cicada all throughout this scene yeah. when monica is snooping around the house i don't know if that means the cicadas like a tiny video camera floating around right um which but maybe i hope it is. it's maybe not that, maybe that's how agnes keeps track of things well she pulls open some cellar doors and behind her she gets scared by pietro who says snooper's gonna snoop Snooper's gonna and this snoop. is Snooper's gonna snoop. And this is an interesting thing. When Monica touches down and shows off her powers, her eyes are blue. But in this instance, when she sees the vines kind of creeping out of the cellar, when she opens up the cellar door, her eyes are glowing purple. And kind of the theme throughout this whole this whole episode tonight, the uh, the aspect ratio is wrong for where we should be. Right? Do we know what that means? No. Does it mean something? Yes. Yeah, because I I took it as Wanda has now been captured. She is Wanda is now in a place where the aspect ratio she is not in control of, and therefore everything else outside she is no longer in control of. So she is not in control of where Monica is. Uh, Monica gets now she's purpleized and she's under in the control of Agnes, and we just kind of like. Now we're now we're in the end game of WandaVision and there's a lot of things that could happen. But also that means like all of our heroes except for Vision are out of play right now because Monica is under the control of Purple Eyes and Wanda is down there trapped well, with Agnes. Well, we still have Jimmy. Yeah, but Jimmy, Jimmy is still someone who could turn in who could turn into a hero. But Jimmy Darcy doesn't have will it, probably be playing a playing a role somewhere. But Jimmy doesn't have any way inside the hex, or, or any, any way w- of knowing what's going on inside, right, unless someone the, can get a message to him outside. But we everything's have, turned off. Um, General Good Good Goodnor Goodnor Goodnor. Yep, we we have that general or major, whatever she is, to to be able to have some type of connection, right? Um, there are some pieces on the board that could still do something. I I think the final pieces are yet to be revealed. It 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 feels like that for me because 
because maybe I'm just not satisfied with who's on the board right now. It feels well, like there needs to be some something, someone else. We also have the twins. We don't know where they are. They are potentially on the board, potentially off of the board. Um, so there's, I'm excited to to see how it's going to end because it has been kind of a roller coaster ride of everything that's going to happen. I can't see how Sword comes into play at all, and that's it's like all all Sword will do is like put a time constraint on everything that's happening. We're just going to yeah. nuke it and then that'll be done. So they have to stop it before sword tries to nuke it or whatever. But, um, right. I mean, so far again, it's like, I did not expect us to be talking so in depth about 38 minutes of a TV show. Um, what if sword is like going to do a Sokovia type thing where they're going to launch Westview up into space and then just throw Westview into space. Yeah, and just like here, you guys deal with it. Space. <laughs> See you later, space. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you can grow crops and get your shipments of stuff. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean the the force field, the hex. Maybe it's maybe it's an airtight kind of environment, kind of thing. I would expect it to be. So, like, maybe they could survive out there in space. Um, I think in the Marvel Inhumans, they have a base over <laughs> on the moon where a bunch of mutants That's hang awesome. out. Which is, you know, that'd be interesting. So, so yeah, I like, I don't know what's going to happen. App- apparently, there is still a reveal, like a um, a mic drop reveal that is supposed to happen. I don't know what that would be at this point. Like, I don't know who coming in. Like, we still don't even know who the missing person was. If there really was one, like it could be, it could be Agnes. She could have been the missing person who started it all. There was the kid on the on the milk carton, but like. So, so if every, so this just came to me. So, right. So the kid appears on the milk carton, but because that was an old timey milk carton, maybe it was an adult as a kid. Right. So now we're really grasping at straws here, trying to put all these pieces together. It might even turn out, Steve, that that missing person line was just a throwaway line that didn't mean anything. And we'll never hear about it again. Like that could even happen too. I, I do hope that as Monica has her new powers, I do not, and this is just as a story person, I hope she like isn't like super powerful right away because like you said, it just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess you're super powerful. I would love to see her struggle and come into her powers and like have that story arc for her somewhere else. I would like, I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to happen because she's already shown the hero landing, right? Like, like when that happens, so so who are the characters who have made the hero landing? Iron Man, Thor made it. Well, Iron Man made every, it. Every every hero in Civil War, like every, every hero, every, eventually makes it. Every hero who makes it, who is who is mature with their powers, right? Not Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire definitely did not do that when he first got bit by a radioactive spider. I think, and that's, uh, and that's what I mean. He came into his powers, and then he can make the hero landing, right? Peter Parker in the MCU was was we even though we didn't get to see it he was mature with his powers in Civil War when he makes his three point hero entrance when he takes Cap Shield right so what I'm saying is is that I think that they're giving Monica they're, they're saying that she's there 
They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna do, they're gonna do it in one line. They're gonna say, "This is who I've always meant, who I'm always meant to be." I, I knew that I was gonna be this way since the first time Aunt Carol let me change the color on her suit. Like, like I think it's gonna be that much of a letdown. I, I don't have much faith in getting a good origin story for her, mostly because the story that I've been given on her so far is one that I don't consider good. And I, it, I, and because of it, I don't think I can get behind um, Monica as a superhero. Like, like I think, like, like it's, it's really, I think it's really bad. Huh. It's bugging you a lot. Like I, I really hope that you are wrong because I don't want it to be like, all right, turn on the switch, turn off the switch. You're super powerful. Cause that's very much how it was for Carol. Like there wasn't that struggle to, to earn it right when when other characters have gone have had to go through that to like really and it, it's not about like earning your powers or being deserving of your powers it's just like being an interesting character mm -hmm. like i mean but but again like when you when you look at interesting character development like in civil war when um t'challa shows up and he's already powerful it's the first time we cool. see him like but, that, but he's that been felt, the he's been the Black Panther for a while, though. right? Well, that and that's what I'm saying. Like that felt like it was earned because of mm -hmm. like the way his character held himself, the way he was. Like it, yeah. It it and I think it's like the same problem that I have with the Tom Holland Peter Parker, that because we saw him powerful already, like the struggle of learning your powers is part of like Spider-Man comics. Like that's just like something we go through. We see him in the wrestling in the wrestling uh, mat. We see him creating his web shooters. In the newer movies, he does that super fast. And like at well, one but, but at you one and sense I have had I, this conversation. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like at one sense I appreciate that we don't have to retread that Uncle Ben died. I understand that. But I think it takes away like the hero's journey. Like I mean if if there was a better example of the hero's journey than um, into the Spider-Verse, like Miles Morales, like his journey, like I thought they did that perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like that is like textbook. This is how you do that. And you do it quick. I mean, it took a whole movie for that. And Monica doesn't get a whole movie. She gets like half, I mean, less than half of a series to do that. But like seeing Miles get his powers and the struggles he went through, like just... Like his character arc was amazing of in Into the Spider Verse, and it was earned and, and I, it felt real, right? I think it's, I think it's a little bit um, unfair to to judge any other origin story against that one because that one is the origin story of origin stories, right? There, you cannot find something wrong with Spider Verse, and I'll fight you if you say that you can, right? It was that good. And I and I get that and I definitely understand where you're coming from. I appreciated the Tom Holland Spider-Man because we didn't get that origin story that at this point, Steve, I think like even if you don't know, you know how Spider-Man became Spider-Man, right? We have gotten it so many times and we've had so many iterations of Spider-Man within the last 20 years. I don't. I don't know how old the the first Toby or the uh, the um, 
Oh shoot, I forgot his name. Toby Maguire. Toby yeah. Maguire. Um, I don't know how old the first Toby Maguire Spider Man is, but it's old enough that that yeah, people know who Spider Man is and how he got his powers, even if you don't know who Spider Man is and how he got his powers. Two thousand two. Yeah, but but again, I think it still takes away like uh, some of like what Spider Man is without having those struggles. I mean, and again, Spider Man is going to get his I own movies, and, and Monica's a, not. I understand gonna, what you're saying. And I, I just and it's and it's okay to be wrong, but and that's fine. But, you know, you'll but, get over it. But I I would like and I I want to see her struggle with her powers. I want to see her like have to figure it out and not just be able to shoot laser Do beams it. out of her hands right away. I need to see her run into a wall and figure out like okay, this is how I don't run into walls. And again, we don't know anything of her power set in this um, iteration of Photon. We don't even know if they're going to call her Photon or what's going to happen. It's just, right. It's it's happened fast and it happened in a way that it was just like okay, but could it change? I mean, maybe these next two episodes tell us like a different story that we're satisfied with, and you know, then we they can. They are longer, right? They are projected to be longer, and so they should be, and we should be all in the end game now, like you say. So there shouldn't be any more setup that we need to do, right? There'll be a little bit. There'll be a little bit of exposition. But hopefully these last two episodes are going to be the ones that like really bring it all together. I'm 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 hopeful that Monica's going to have some development, but but I think the signs are pointing to she already has her power set. She knows how to use it. She knows what to do, and that's what we're going to get. And unfortunately, that's going to be sad. I don't think so. I think I'm going to make a prediction. I think at the end of the series, the multiverse is fractured and people get sucked into it. And this is how we branch off into different series. Um, because I don't think there's any way that this, the next two episodes ends on any type of like resolution. There's going to be like a massive spoil, um, cliffhanger that's going to lead us to other places down the road. So, so are you saying that, that every planned every planned series is now going to take place in the multiverse? I wouldn't think so. We know Doctor Strange is going there. We know possibly Spider-Man 3 might be going there. Um, Loki has the potential to... There are some tie-ins. Loki has already branched off in in the reality that we currently thought, right? So because so he I guess, should be able to operate free and clear of the multiverse? Yeah, he should be able to move between them. I mean, if he has the Tesseract, he should be able to move in between um, all these multiverses. Because I, I can't, there, I can't picture an MCU where they end WandaVision and Winter Soldier and Falcon operate in a vacuum outside of everything that's happened there, right? Well, well, so far nothing has happened in the world, quote unquote. That, that wouldn't be able to be undone by taking down the Hex, right? Because the assumption is if you're able to take down the Hex, stop Wanda, if if it means talking to her to let go of her spell, if it means defeating her to make her spell go away, then those people at least get their lives back, right? And, and the world itself is unaltered. Um, now, my prediction is that, is that the big... MCU character that's going to show up is going to be Doctor Strange um, to spark the multiverse and kind of set that up. So that potentially, and and he has the ability, Steve, Doctor Strange has the ability to manipulate time. 
So we could be we could be seeing like a catastrophic global event, and Doctor Strange shows up and just rewinds it to the point where he can control. Well, he can't do that anymore. Stop. He can. He's got the time stone. No, he doesn't. It was put back. Cap clipped all the branches. If it was put back, then he would have it again. Huh? No, it wouldn't. Yeah. Cap clipped all the branches. No, I don't think he would be able to. He wouldn't have it. it he he would have, have it in that timeline, but we're not in that timeline. But he has it. He has to have it. He can't because it the was destroyed. Sor- the, Sorcerer Sup- the Sorcerer Supreme has to have it. Okay, so he has to have it to, again, this is this is total tangent. So so we've stopped talking about WandaVision. If you guys want to hear the rest of our thoughts about MCU, that's what we're talking about now. So he has to have it in order to keep Dormammu at bay. Okay. No, because that happened um, before Infinity War. It did happen before Infinity War. So he has to keep having it to keep Dormammu at bay. Because because if Dormammu finds out he doesn't have the time stone, he comes and he devours our world, right? Because the bargain was struck. If Doctor Strange doesn't have the time stone, then then there's no way for him to defeat Dormammu if he breaks the bargain. Let's and in order see. for time to continue properly, Cap had to go back. Um, and he did. He put everything back, which is really strange to think about because how do you put the soul stone back? So and it was so it says it was destroyed with the other stones and the time stone they took from the ancient one was returned by Cap. Strange still has his powers without the stone but can no longer see the future or cause time loops. No, the present time stones are gone. The one from the past had to be returned to the ancient one. And again that so that time stone was then passed to Strange. So so that doesn't make sense. So Strange should have the Time Stone. Mm. Because the Time Stone gets passed to Strange by the Ancient One. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm confused. That hurts my brain. It is. It's all timey-wimey, loopy-goopy. What the MCU's multiverse and the Time Stone loss means for Doctor Strange. Interesting. Anyway, since we are all going to think about where the time stone is and if Doctor Strange is able to use time, um, thanks for hanging out with us on episode 161 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, where we now talk about WandaVision. Stay tuned for the next two weeks where we finish episode eight and episode or episode eight and episode nine, and we decide who's right, who's wrong, what's going to happen, and if Monica is going to be able to do a cool three-point landing and earn her stripes, or if Jimmy Woo is going to be able to do some magic card. And like the internet has gone crazy over Jimmy Woo. They're all calling it the Wooverse now. So anyway. <laughs> Everyone, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us in chat. If you stuck with us for this long, holy crap. Like, you are the real superhero. (laughs) You are doing a three-point landing right now if you stuck with us for this long. Until next time, this is Steve, and this is Mike. Make the world better than you found it. See you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. 
or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all.